And hello, and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. Uh, thank you, Zeke, in the chat before we started there. I saw you subscribe there for two months. Always appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we're really happy to be with all of you tonight. It's uh, It's been a week, Matt. Normally I say how's your week been, but I think across the board... We all know how it's been, but you know what? That's that's okay, because that's why the comic multiverse is here. We're here to entertain you and to dance for you, and you can turn your brain off for an hour and some change, and you don't you don't have to think about what's on fire. You only have to think about what Joel and Matt are doing, so hey. Yeah, 2020 decided to end May with a bit of a bang. Well, quite a few yeah. bangs, actually. Little, little, little bit, but hey, you know what? Be safe, be strong. We're pulling for you all out there. That's uh, that's the most I'll say about it. But uh, you know that that aside, how you been, Matt? Yeah, pretty good. You know, still going around with the whole quarantine thing. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I, yeah. I did. I did, however, on the weekend go out to like the shopping centers for like the first time since all of this, and I was kind of shocked to see how many people were actually there. Yeah, likewise here, uh, they opened up the, uh, well, it used to be a Habitat for Humanity, but I think it's like a secondhand shop now. And I saw a lot of people there walking around in very close proximity without masks. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, hey, hey, <laughs> the fuck, hey. And yes, I know I live in a small northern town. Yes, I know we only had like three cases of coronavirus here where I live. But at the same time, it's like, hey. You're rolling the fucking dice, guys. You could be asymptomatic. I know. I know. It's like, oh, you know, that two months was over. That was rough. It's not over yet. No, no, it's far from over. There, there really does seem to be this consensus across the board, and I'm glad it's not just here in Canada, but it seems to be all over the place. But no, we're fine now. It's we're past the hump. We're past the worst of it. No. Yeah, you're past the first wave, but usually it's the second wave that's the worst. Yeah, so uh, so get ready, everyone. It's a bad wave. I don't surf, but if I did surf, I'd say that was non shaka bra. <laughs> that was that was the opposite of that shit. But uh, yeah, man, you know it, it's getting to be tax time here in Canada because they moved the tax thing, and I knew I was a couple years behind on it and everything, so that fucking sucked. Mm -hmm. And I know it's like, well, I'm not gonna be able to get out now to get to my tax place because I have a business <laughs> account as a YouTuber. It's not like I can just do it online or anything. I don't trust online i don't trust over the phone i have i have a lady who i go and i take my things to and <laughs> my lady's not there anymore i i cut my own hair today too as you can see oh very nice very nice i needed that i need to figure out the beard i was gonna do it you and kirk didn't finally get that heated beard comb do with it. this newest paycheck but do i'm it. thinking yeah okay maybe maybe grow the whole thing out then get one the next time <laughs> i'm still working i'm thinking maybe i can like take it down and make it about the same length man i never thought i'd miss haircuts <laughs> that's the thing like i saw not too, a couple of days ago like there was some tv network that's been putting out a show over zoom uh where yeah. where celebrities get haircuts and try and act like normal people and not weird sex cult weirdos <laughs> i i read your tweet about that and i'm like that can't possibly be real then i looked into it, i'm like oh fuck me it's real <laughs> it's just celebrities getting a haircut acting like they've never gotten one before this is like the first time we are we are really really just starved for content across the board aren't we <laughs> oh my god it's insane it's getting really weird the more creative people try and get like what is it that show the blacklist it couldn't finish properly because it didn't have enough footage so they're like we'll just animate it and it'll look really bad because <laughs> it's better than putting out no episode i guess i guess <laughs> 
you know, at least Flash had the courtesy to be like, all right, we're done for the season to be continued. Please come back. Yeah, they could have just thrown... I'm surprised at the amount of shows that didn't do that whole to be continued thing. Yeah, yeah. You would figure a lot of shows would end up doing that, but they didn't. Man, how's uh, how's this affecting the porn industry two months in now? No one can film any scenes there. Certain genres are just completely gone. Now, you can't have more than four people here. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. We can't do that. (laughs) Actually, no joke. There are a couple, uh, what is it, porn people who do follow me on Twitter, and I did ask the question, how are they doing this? And they actually inboxed me in no uncertain terms, and they're like, well, to answer your question, uh, you can't do anything official in Silicon Valley now. It's all been shut down, (laughs) as with most film shoots have been officially shut down, but they can't stop you from doing anything in your own house. And if you live in L.A., you can rent all the camera equipment you want. That's true, yeah, yeah. So there you go. That's that answer for you, everyone. That burning question that had you wonder, is this <laughs> is this the next thing that's going to dry up? What's going to happen? We're going to run out of porn up? content. <laughs> Th- then shit's going to get really bad. You think things are bad, but it can always get a little worse. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's like that uh, friggin' joke from Robot Chicken. I was only half done. I was only <laughs> half done. <laughs> what am I going to do now? Uh... Now, uh, before we get to the comic part of the podcast, and we actually do have new comics this week, which is really nice that we get yeah. to talk about again. Such a big part of the show we haven't been able to do, which is why the show's been like 30 minutes shorter <laughs> uh, in the last couple months. But uh, we need we, we need something special here, Matt. We need, we need the podcast within a podcast that we've just started. We need Assassin Talk, everybody. <laughs> That's right. Uh, in my attempt to catch up on all the Assassin's Creed games that I haven't played before Valhalla comes out, and it sure helps that they are on sale, I, uh, I've been getting back in a big way. I, uh, I beat Origins this week. Yep. Yeah, I, I kind of did as well. I'm in the DLC at the moment. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed Origins. I can't believe it took me, like, so many years to actually finish the game, especially because I left it at, like, the halfway point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Bayak is cool. That game is cool. The ending is cool even a little sad action i like that they weren't afraid to make it a little sad yeah yeah the dlc as well like especially the hidden ones dlc is kind of like the part two to that as well yeah yeah where it's like okay yeah i i finished the game around like level 35 Mm -hmm. and i very much almost considered getting the dlc because i knew they had like two really good ones Mm -hmm. uh to check out and everything but i'm like you know well i got odyssey and I got all the DLC on it for free, so I should check it out. So I loaded up Odyssey. I'm about 10 hours into it. And yeah, I can see why this one was as divisive as it was. Because 10 hours in, this is not an Assassin's Creed no. game. This is an ancient Greek witcher, whatever. The, the one Assassin contract you actually end up getting in like the first 10 hours, I didn't even do when given the choice. Because <laughs> apparently that's how you get the bad ending by acting like an assassin. Yeah, it, it's it's very weird it's like they would decide it and the, th- the thing that also mucks me up as well is that this 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 game takes place before origins yes it's technically in, in where history takes place so it kind of like fucks your mind where you think oh it's going to follow yeah. on from that with with uh layla and all that but no it kind of takes takes place before that um yes. yeah it, it's Don't just like it's just an rpg that's all it is yeah. just an rpg that just maybe yeah. happens to have assassins in it yeah, and, you know, and judging on that regard, 
I'm enjoying it so far, though I know many people have said, hey, what you do in the first 10 hours, you're going to be doing for the rest of the game. Don't expect any, you know, like uh, fun set pieces or like, you know, when, oh, Bayak, we're being chased by a giant war elephant. You got to mm -hmm. do the thing, you know, that kind of fun stuff. Uh, another thing that kind of got me and another thing that I realized that, you know, probably people had a problem with, they, for the first time ever in the series, implement this almost Bioware, like, ooh, you can actually choose what your character says now. Yeah, I, I liked that. I, I thought that was pretty cool, and I like that there is actual choices that kind of, like, the ones that I've, I've experienced kind of matter. Mm. Like, like they choose the, the Paragon or the Renegade. Eh. My problem with that is, and this is going to sound very weird, because, you know, in every past Assassin's Creed game, whether you loved or hated it, they were always very character-focused. And, you know, I might not have liked uh, Connor mm -hmm. or Arno, but I always knew exactly who they were as people. Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to Cassandra and Alexios, it's kind of hard to pin down their character, because depending on whether you're a good guy or an asshole, they're two very different people at yeah, all times. exactly, yeah. Which, and again, as the chat is saying, there's like a big moment later on. And yes, I already knew about that controversy that, you know, you can play as a gay person or a bi person, but they force you into having an heir anyway, so the series can happen. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that's one of those things where it's like, here, we've created the illusion of choice for you only to take away the illusion <laughs> of choice from you when it actually matters. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, I don't like that so much. Ship yeah. combat's fun. I like they actually researched a bunch of Greek sea chanties. See, I, I enjoyed Origins because it had, like, two ship missions out of yep, the 30 hours I played of it. Whereas uh -huh. or uh, Odyssey is like, oh, ship missions, or here's, like, like over half the game that is a ship mission. And that, that's yep. what I, I... I was fine with it in Black Flag. It made sense in Black Flag. But then they, then they tried to shoehorn it into everything. Yeah, it's a hell of a thing. Where it's like, wow, we created this amazing ship combat system from Black Flag, and it was so good. Do we spin this off into its own game, or do we continue to force it into <laughs> Assassin's Creed whenever we can? Wasn't there meant to be like a full ship combat game, but it got cancelled or something? That's what I heard, that they wanted to spin Black Flag off into its own standard series. And then, you know, we've had similar games since then. Like, what was it, that Wolves of the Sea that never got <laughs> made? Yep, sea, sea of Thieves, all those games. Yeah. Which are very kind of like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Yeah, I'm enjoying Odyssey so far. Ooh, another funny thing, and another thing I'll bring up before we move on. You know, it's interesting when we look at the history of the Assassin's Creed series. That first game, uh, even though it seems archaic now, was kind of a trendsetter and like, ooh, you can parkour all over stuff. Mm -hmm. Like in uh like in Prince of Persia, ooh, you have your assassin's vision, so you can scope things out. And to think that so many games borrowed from that and from there, you know, we got your Batmans with your detective visions and everything else. And it was all kind of born from Assassin's Creed. Now here in Odyssey, it's like, but but now you guys are stealing ideas from people who stole ideas from you <laughs> where it's like, oh, we have the mercenary system. I'm like, oh, it's like the orc nemesis system yeah. from uh, what is it from uh, Shadows of Mordor, but shitty and more annoying. And it's like, yeah. And, oh, and you can shoot arrows in midair if you get enough thing. I'm like, oh, like Talion from Lord of the... Oh, my God, you're stealing ideas from people who stole from you. <laughs> yeah, and there's even, like, the fortresses. You've got to take over those, yeah. like, finish those fortresses and do that. It eases up tensions in the area and stuff like that. 
that's what bugged me too. Where it's like, oh, hey, are you gonna, or you know, it, it, it's the greatest turf war in history. Are you gonna pledge Athenians or Spartans? Well, it doesn't fucking matter because if you want all the treasure and experience in an area, you're gonna have to fight them regardless. Yeah, yeah, and you can basically go back through areas and be like, I want Greece to own this area now. I want yeah. Sparta to own this area now, and just get the Man. treasures. <laughs> Man, so, you know, I'm a, I'm a big uh, fan of, like, you know, uh, well, well, not like a fan of ancient Greek history, but I'm a big fan of the shit people get wrong about ancient Greek history. Mm-hmm. And I love that the first five minutes of Odyssey is so super hard sucking 300s dick, <laughs> where it's like, oh, and Persia will not make slaves of us this day. We are free Spartans. And I'm like, oh, well, actually, in history, Spartans were huge slavers, the biggest slavers <laughs> of their time, and huge pederists and warmongers and everything else. The Persians were actually the more evolved, more accepting, more progressive empire. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they they didn't have just like an army of soldiers who that was all they ever did was be professional soldiers. They had an army that they paid for with tax dollars from their empire and, you know... <laughs> In fact, you know, the, the many of the rules of law we follow today actually evolved from the Persian law system because they wrote all that. But no, no, they're they're scary monster men with creepy immortal masks and they're going to yeah. come and get you in the night. Yeah. Man, 300 ruined so much actual <laughs> history. <laughs> it really did. Uh, it, re- it really did. And yeah, uh, of course, they wouldn't go into any of that sort of stuff in this game. No. <laughs> if, if, if I was a Persian, like, you know, filmmaker... I would totally, totally want to, like, do my version of it. Oh, and thank you, Ultimate Dark Slayer, for that. Appreciate it. If I was a Persian filmmaker, I would totally want to be like, okay, here's the uh, Parapolesian Wars, but actually the way it was supposed to be. (laughs) (laughs) The the, the correct, historically accurate take. I'm sure someone has to have had made that movie. Hey, in the comments section below, if someone did a more historically accurate version of uh, those events in a movie or a miniseries, do please tell me because I'll totally check that out. I feel like they probably have, although I know in saying that, I know um, uh, Swords and Sandal films uh, don't do very well when they get made. No. They they often bomb. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a shame. Oh, well. Uh, and on that note, everyone, uh, that that brings to a close another episode of Assassin Talk, everybody. <laughs> the, the podcast within a podcast that we'll be doing until Valhalla comes out. Because <laughs> I've decided this is what I'm into now. <laughs> and I, we probably will be doing it until Valhalla comes out because the uh, Odyssey is quite long. And then you've got the DLCs yeah. to go through as well. Yeah, there's like three big ones that I got for free, and they're like, no, actually play them. They're kind of cool. Yeah, and also we got Assassin's Creed 3 remastered as well, which I'm going to play as well. Yeah, so relive that one and tell me about it. I remember playing through it when it was new. I was super hyped about it and then super disappointed when it was all I n- done. I never got a chance to play the DLC for that, so I'm looking forward to that. There was only one. It was the the tyranny of King Washington was the one, which I yeah. remember people were super pissed off about that. Like, can you can you believe this alternate history simulator <laughs> dared to ask what if uh, George Washington was evil? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What if? <laughs> yeah. What? What if? <laughs> what if? Actually, I think uh, I think one of the other DLCs. I think there's actually a. I don't know if it's in the main game or if it's DLC or you had to pre-order, but you actually do get some uh, Benjamin Frank or not Benjamin Franklin, but. Uh, what is it uh benedict arnold missions oh cool yeah you actually get like the benedict arnold mission it's like well was benedict arnold a templar no but he was going to sell out the americans to the british who were templars that he was not but was (laughs) there's another dude i think history gets wrong where it's like yes he was a traitor and he was an asshole but also there was like a hundred other things going on in his life that (laughs) never get talked about (laughs) 
But uh, yeah, on that note, everyone, we can actually switch over and talk about comic news. And there was actually a fair amount uh, this week. There was. Yeah, so let's uh, let's get right to it then. So, uh, J.K. Simmons, we all know him, we all love him, and apparently he says he signed on for multiple Marvel movie appearances moving forward. Again, pretty safe to assume that it's going to be more Spider-Man movies, but what's great about him is that you can just slap him on a TV screen anywhere. Yeah, yeah, you just put him in front of a green screen for a day, and he he can record, he'd be like Stan Lee, record all his, his dialogue for yeah. the next two phases. <laughs> In fact, I'm totally okay with that if he becomes the new, like, meta thread that ties all these movies together. Like, oh, what's J.K. Simmons, uh, you know, J. Jonah Jameson cameo going to be in this one? <laughs> I'd be cool with that as long as, like, every now and then he does actually appear in, yeah, yeah. in a location somewhere. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, hey, it's a big party. It's a big fundraiser. It's like, yes, we'll be taking questions now from uh, Mr. Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> It's, uh, man, it's really hard to believe that after we said forever, it's like, just get Simmons back to play Jameson. Just get, uh, Simmons back. <laughs> then they did. Yeah, yeah, he, he must have been up for it. So, yeah, I, I guess his role as Jim Gordon didn't pan out. No, no, I get, it, I forget that that's a thing that <laughs> happened, that he was Jim Gordon for, like, a minute. Yeah, and for some reason, Zack Snyder made him get buff for it. <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> Well, bro, you think uh, you think Gordon's not gonna be buff as yeah. hell, bro? Come on, it's the toughest city in the world. The police gotta be Jack Jacked, brother, yeah, you, brother. You think he can fight, fight, fist fight Bane on his own, looking like that? I really wanted the scene of the. Hey, maybe that'll be in the Snyder cut. Maybe that's what we <laughs> missed. You know, uh, what is it? Gordon working out, then the Parademons attack, and he rips off his trench coat and his hat. Yeah, and starts like, beating it's like it's like it's like Master Roshi just like rips off the clothes yes. and he's got big muscles under it. It's one hundred percent like that. That's exactly what happened. It's even better because he looks like Master Roshi. The older he gets, the more he looks like Master Roshi. I really, I, I mean, Hollywood will never do it, but if they ever end up doing a good proper Dragon Ball adaptation, please get J.K. Simmons <laughs> to be horny old Roshi. <laughs> I fully support this endeavor. Start your fan art engines now, everybody. <laughs> Uh, oh man. But yeah, I'm totally down for this. I'm excited that, uh, that he's going to get some more work in here. And also hopefully with Jameson sticking around that hopefully means we're going to get more, uh, Spider-Man in general. Cause I know that was the big fear for a second where it's like, no Spider-Man. Well, actually, yes, Spider-Man. <laughs> I think, I think we're going to get him. I hope so. I, I always feel like that Simpsons episode where it's like, Oh, that was a scary couple of minutes. <laughs> Well, we didn't think we'd be getting Spider-Man. Thankfully, Tom Holland is just a very nice, charming boy and was able to get people <laughs> to work together. <laughs> Truly, he was the ultimate casting for Peter Parker because he brought warring factions together yes. in real life. <laughs> just by the power of being charming. <laughs> Uh, now, on the same bent of casting news and cameo news, uh, this week it was announced that apparently Henry Cavill is in talks with the powers that be. I assume it's the new powers that be because DC and Warner Brothers has had a huge shakeup recently, well, with the mm -hmm. AT&T bosses and everything coming into effect now. Uh, he's been in talks, apparently, to return as Superman somewhere. Yeah. Nowhere in any of this did they ever say Man of Steel 2 or a Superman sequel at all. They just say that he's going to be there somewhere. And, and we kind of called this last week as well because I, I yeah. mentioned that Cavill was only getting into this so he could get his way into more Superman stuff. 
and yeah, yeah look, look at this yeah, but it is interesting that they 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 won't give him a new movie that he's like he's done it he's he's, he's done he's had his part yeah that you can be a cameo a glorified walk-on cameo somewhere that's got to be so sad where it's like, look, you can be Superman, but only in these smaller roles. We do not trust. And maybe it's not even like we don't trust you to headline another Superman movie. That's just we, the powers that be, don't trust another Superman movie, period. Which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, it really it really doesn't. And again, we've talked about this before on past episodes, too. Geez, you know, a hero that venerates all the goodness, kindness, and charity in the world. We sure don't need one of them right now. I'm sure that wouldn't speak to a lot of people on multiple levels. Let's not make that movie. I, I kept seeing people saying that it's very hard to write Superman, and I have to completely disagree with that. And I think almost 80 years of comics would disagree with you with yeah. that. It's not... It's it's very easy to mess him up, but oh, it's not easy to write a movie. Again. It's very easy to. How about you write a nice man? Is that hard to write a <laughs> yeah. nice man? What's Superman's character? Oh, he's he's a good guy. There you go. Well, you see, he's I nice. started. He's friendly. He's your dad. <laughs> I started to write a nice man, but then he broke a neck. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, what do I do now? Uh-oh. <laughs> I made a big oopsie doopsie on the page and now Super Dad is breaking necks. Yeah, but at least we'll have that TV show coming out. At least we'll have that, you know, there's definitely lots of good Superman projects to look forward to and I mean, the cameo idea isn't terrible. It just depends what movie he cameos in. Like if he has a small B plot, in like Shazam 2, I think that'd be pretty dope because we now know the Shazam kids know him. I would I wouldn't mind if it was like if Shazam 2 was a team up with Shazam just teaming up with with Superman just to like Yeah. And then like Black Adam gets involved and they have to like fight him. Again, they they've kind of done that story yeah. once or twice. But yeah, I like the idea of Superman being like, "Hey, you have powers not dissimilar to mine, young Billy, and there was really no one there to help me out with these powers when it started. I had to kind of figure it out. How about I, like, kind of mentor you and everything and kind of be the father you never had? Yeah, and just kind of make sure you don't turn into a mopey, randian piece of shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, absolutely. That'd be that'd be a good movie. And then, of course, you know, you have Black Adam and being like, you know, I I started like you, you know, I was a good man once I was a hero. But then I realized it was all bullshit, man. I became the <laughs> ultimate nihilist and you can be the ultimate nihilist. <laughs> you got to wake the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, like that. Totally. Just yeah. Just have Dwayne the Rock Johnson. It doesn't matter what your name is, Billy, with your Rudy Pooh candy ass idealism. <laughs> You just you just get the rock to go back to his old heel persona yeah, just cutting yeah. promos on <laughs> superman and let me tell you about you super dick i saw you breaking <laughs> necks in metropolis and you think you could pass judgment on me the pe the people's champion of magic guardian of magic i forget what it is <laughs> and then he's just raising his eyebrows all over the place <laughs> come on you can't tell me that's not a good movie what i <laughs> It's I'd right pay to there. see that. And if they got David F. Sandberg back to it, it'd be fucking funny. Please, it would be cool and it would be funny and kind of scary, but also very heartfelt. Yeah. Man, Shazam is great, everybody. Why didn't more people see Shazam in theaters? <laughs> That's a good-ass movie. It is. It's <laughs> it a really damn good film. It deserved better. 
In fact, you know, I, I like that Stargirl show a lot because, man, there's a lot of good DNA in that Stargirl show Oof. that was also in that Shazam movie. Yeah, it's almost like both those films have someone in common that for some reason these people don't particularly <laughs> like. We got something in common. Yes, we do. We got something in common. But who? <laughs> Shmef Schmanz is his name. <laughs> Good old Schmeff. We love you, Schmeff. <laughs> Man, seriously, Stargirl is so good, though. Wasn't that uh, last episode great? Yeah, that was. The, the, I, I know we talked about maybe there might be a drop in quality after this first pilot, but there wasn't at all. <laughs> no, in fact, it, it's only getting better and more interesting and adding new wrinkles. And I love, what is it? We get the parent-teacher mix, uh, mixer there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, literally everyone in this town is a supervillain. And it's yeah. funny. I, I watched the show with someone, and they're like, uh, and I even asked them, like, why do you think all these supervillains moved to this town? And they said, oh, well, isn't it clear, uh, you know, all the supervillains still have the same idea of the American dream as the heroes <laughs> do. They all just want to retire in a nice, quiet community. <laughs> And then we find out the real plan is, like, to gentrify the area and, like, make America great again is the yeah. Justice Society's ultimate what, goal. What, what, what's what's their plan? Is, like, Project America or something? New America. New America, yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, hey, thank you, uh, Pat Sr., uh, for the cheers there. Much appreciated. Which, I actually, I did go back and I read Stargirl and I did actually remember what her dad was up to. Yeah. And watch, you know, because that lady we met who, like, introduced herself to Pat, I'm pretty sure that's her dad, her real dad's sister. Okay, okay. Which is why she shows up and then leaves, and it's not a big deal, but she's sure to mention her name. Okay, yeah, hmm. Because in the comics, you see, her dad, we discover, is not only is he not a superhero, but he's actually a deadbeat-like henchman for the Royal Flush Gang. (laughs) I like it when they do stuff like that. I do that too, and it's like, oh, you're not even a henchman for a good villain. Yeah. You're a henchman for, for an ever-changing group of D-list <laughs> villains. You never know who your boss is going to be. Oh, that's so fucking sad. Like, even the Injustice Society, they're at least Golden Age villains with some history. The Injustice Society would eat the Royal Flush Gang for lunch. <laughs> Which, man, if they do a season two, I actually really hope they do some cool twists on... Uh, what is it do some good twists on the royal flush game because i always thought they could be so much better than they were oh i i feel like the, if anyone could do it it'd be jeff johns there's definitely some cool shit like again they're a family uh what is it courtney and her stepdad and they're a family so let's like have the good family versus the evil family like literally the royal flush gang should move in next door yeah, yeah just be a family that'd be really cool and, and now we're just doing that Powerpuff Girls episode where, like, the dad was a villain, then they all became super villains, yeah, and then they yeah. invited them to, like, a dinner, and it was really awkward, and then they tried to kill them. Yeah, yeah. Come on, that's a that's, that's a season of TV right there. Come on, Jeff Johns, let me and Matt write for this. We got ideas. <laughs> and they'd all, they'd all be, like, evil inverses of, mm-hmm. the, uh, of Courtney's family. Yeah, you'd have, like, the little brother <laughs> that's, like... Like he plays Fortnite and everything, but the difference is he's a racist on Fortnite. Exactly, exactly. I scream into my mic all the time. Yeah, I'm always swatting people. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Ten is a mean girl, of course. Yeah, you know, oh, I'm sharing uh, all these sexts around with people and everything, and I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm doxing people. <laughs> yep. Uh, the, the the father is the inverse of Pat, so he's like a complete abusive asshole. 
There you go. Who who doesn't buy American cars? <laughs> Yet says he does. He doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't change his oil every however many miles. Like I know the answer <laughs> to that question. And the mom is just Karen. The mom, you know, Queen yep. is just always getting in people's faces. Like, can I talk to your manager? <laughs> That's her superpower. She can always talk to your manager, and she's never saying anything good. <laughs> And together, instead of giving tips, they give verbal tips and write they, little messages, but they don't give, actually give they their give servers out like, money. Like Bible verses. Oh, oh! Tip your servers, everyone. It's hard <laughs> out there in the service industry. Come on! <laughs> don't be, don't be this hypothetical evil version of the Royal Flush game we've met up. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good shit. All right, so there's your Superman news, everyone. Could be good. Again, depends what movies he's in. I feel for Henry Cavill. I hope he gets to be in something good because I feel like he could have been a good Superman. It's just everything in the world worked against him. I hope he does, but I also hope that he doesn't get a say on the story because his favorite Superman Mm. story is For Tomorrow, and that's a really terrible Superman story. Yeah. All right, so moving on there to a little bit more DC news here, this time coming from the world of comics. DC has canceled Mark Andreco's Manhunters The Lost series book before it even comes out. And some people are like, wait, there was supposed to be a new Manhunter book coming out? Not anymore, there isn't. Now, have they actually canceled it? Because they all, they've, all I saw while uh, looking this up is that they've taken it out of solicitation. Now, that does sometimes mean they've canceled it. But on other times, right. it means they're just going to resolicit it somewhere else. And Mark and Draco, to my knowledge, hasn't said anything about this. No, and you think. No, and you figured he'd be the first person to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's not so much canceled as resolicited, but it's been uh, resolicited with no new plans of when it's coming out. And also, too, I kind of understand what they're doing here. Where it's like, oh well, it's a new manhunter book you know manhunters spinning out of the pages of fucking what is it leviathan everyone's favorite new event yeah, you know with a sequel that character. has a, yeah, everyone's favorite new character who wasn't a new character you know that event that didn't have an ending and wasn't anything and led into a sequel that was also not anything yeah i think we can lose this one <laughs> yeah it wasn't wasn't something that needed to be done it, it was something that could have easily been part of that leviathan event Absolutely, and probably should have been. And, you know, I definitely feel bad for Mark Andreco because Kate Spencer is his baby, his mm-hmm. creation, the thing that, you know, basically has got him all of his jobs because, yeah. you know, the her first series was so well-received and everything. And, like, literally none of this is his fault. Where It's like, look, I didn't write it. Bendis wrote it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ooh, that, why, that, why can't I just write the character I want? That's what I was really excited about for it because it was Mark Andreco writing this character he created again, and he did really well on Supergirl, and with the stuff that that spun out of Leviathan, he made it work. Or tried to, at least. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it really seems unfair to him, and, like, it seems like there's been a lot of that going on at dc right now where it's like well you know we could give mark andreco this manhunter book we could give greg rucka this question book or we could let ben just write about them and if they do well we'll spin them out into something <laughs> but it all feels like it's it all of this was stuff like that was planned when didio was in office mm-hmm, and now yeah. that he's not all the stuff is sort of getting canceled or like shifted or something 
Yeah, I mean, I hope it comes out eventually for the people who are fans. And again, like Andrego, who this is his baby. This is his creative, like, you know, child, essentially. And, you know, I always hate it when those get taken away from people. Mm -hmm. It would be like uh, if they said, hey, you know, Judd Winnick is writing another Green Arrow book. Oh, no, he isn't. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be like, fuck off. And yeah, give Mark Andrego a break. He clearly it seems like he only wrote that Supergirl because this was on the table. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it felt like that. That's what it felt like to me, where it's like, look, write this Supergirl book. No one likes reading Supergirl, or no one likes writing Supergirl, and it always gets canceled. So, you know, work some of that magic, and then maybe we'll actually let you write something you want to write. Yeah, yeah. And I say that knowing full well that I don't think Andrako and I have agreed on anything creatively. I remember, <laughs> like, he did the podcast circuit forever, and he was like, well, I think these uh, Zack Snyder movies are great and good and everything, and I'm the resident <laughs> comic book guy. <laughs> Like, literally, that's all he did for, like, a year. And I'm like, okay. I remember liking you more, Mark Andrako, before this. But, like, <laughs> literally, it's it's like that Fox News thing where it's like, we need someone to be a contrarian in the business, so let's get him. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that's that, everyone. Sorry sorry if you were excited for this Manhunter book, because it might not be happening now. <laughs> yeah, it'll probably... If it doesn't happen, it'll be, like, pushed into something else. Yeah. Something that is definitely happening from the world of DC and something that's actually kind of interesting. Uh, Rom V, the man who's currently co-writing uh, Justice League Dark with Justin Tynan, although really I think he's writing more of it because his voice is very distinctive and Tynan's Ooh, yeah. is distinctive. Yeah. And I, and I hear more of him than I do Tynan in this newest arc. Well, it's been announced that he's actually going to be taking the helm on Catwoman. Yeah, yeah. The, I'm not even really interested in this Catwoman book, but that's pretty cool. I, I enjoy his oh. his writing on, on Justice League Dark and it, it it's quite interesting. Yeah, you know, it's it, Catwoman is yet another one of those characters where it feels like, well, no one really wants to do this because we're always canceling the book. So if you do great work, <laughs> if you do bad work, it doesn't matter because we're just going to cancel it and replace you with someone new. And uh, that last book, that Jolene Jones book, had everything working against it because it was spinning out of the non-ending that was the Batman-Catwoman wedding and everything else that was happening in Tom King's book. So I'm just like, yeah, I don't really give a shit, and I extra don't give a shit now because I'm actually kind of mad at this, even though it's not your fault. It's it's funny about that series because the thing that it had it working for it was that wedding, and then that thing turned out to be the thing that wasn't working for it either it was so funny well, watching changed- reading reading up to 50 with that book coming out whereas everyone's like oh we're gonna get this Catwoman book it'll be great and then 50 happened and yeah <laughs> yeah but matt we changed her costume though she has exposed shoulders and armpits now <laughs> oh th- stop the presses Oh man, if you're if you're a shoulder fetishist oh man <laughs> this book's got it all happening for you now <laughs> And also, maybe now that she has exposed armpits, people can stop asking the question, like, wouldn't you get really sweaty in a suit like that that was, you know, just pure, like, leather? Wouldn't that chafe, you know, if you were just running around rooftops on that? Wouldn't that be a problem? Yeah. (laughs) Well, now ask no more. (laughs) Yeah, you you don't have to worry. Uh, Again, you know, I've liked Catwoman runs in the past. Again, I mentioned Greg Rucka before, who had probably the best one, the one that everyone remembers and refers to. Uh, I definitely think Ram V could put some new energy and, you know, uh, take the book in a different direction. He he says that he wants to take into like a very serious, you know, more heist centric direction. And I'm like, well, isn't that how Catwoman should always be? <laughs> yeah, I always thought that that was how it always was. 
Apparently not. I mean, again, I haven't read the last several runs, so I have no fucking clue what it could be. <laughs> I mean, it, it, kind of, it kind of makes sense. Like, you can't really do anything else with the character. You can't, like, send her to oh, space or, or anything like no. that. Like, you, you have to kind of keep her where she is. <laughs> they've definitely tried. Again, I feel like Supergirl, they've done everything under the sun to try and reinvent the wheel, where it's like, okay, uh, she's an urban Robin Hood, you know, who steals from the rich to give to the poor. Okay, you know, she's not. She's a, she's a serious kleptomaniac who can't help herself but stealing, and, you know, it alienates her from everyone around her. Uh, okay, maybe she was a sex worker who, you know, turned to a life of costumeness to, like, you know, protect herself and others around her. Um, um, okay, she's a crime boss now. Remember when she was a crime <laughs> boss in Gotham uh, because her father was, like, some mobster and she changed her name? And even Selena Kyle wasn't her real name that was stolen too there was another selena kyle and i don't fucking know if they ever answered that question or if that's just one of the many things from the new 52 they just forgot about yeah <laughs> yeah so Catwoman. it's like there should be more with her but there isn't i again like I, I like to think i have a pitch for just about every superhero if you said hey jill gun to your head do a pitch for Catwoman," i wouldn't have anything well see now now that i've meant now that i mentioned space i'm starting to like think about it i'm like oh you could do a really cool story where she like gets tired of stealing shit on earth she's like i'm gonna go to like five planets and steal their their most valuable asset and then sell it to someone. <laughs> Matt, are you going to make Catwoman into Dr. Afra? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matt, that might be successful. You can't do that. <laughs> a, a fun female-led book of a space archaeologist who steals stuff. I don't know. <laughs> also, as Jersey Luck reminds me, I'm confusing Rucka with Brubaker. Yes, that was the one everyone really likes. Thank you for the correction. You are you are right on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, let's let's write that right now. Catwoman in space. What uh, what does that book go? She uh, she goes to New Genesis to uh, to steal a mother box so she can get around space easier. Yeah, and then she goes to like like Ran and Thanagar and steals like their most prized possessions. Like these are the nth metal wings of a great warrior, and this Ooh. is a the, the first ever Zeta beam tube or something. I'm gonna steal the helmet of fate next. Yeah, stuff <laughs> like that. That's, wow, just like, and you could call it Catwoman biggest heist ever or something. Just Catwoman in space. Just not even, like, dancing around it. It's Catwoman in no, space. Just, but, but how does the Catwoman get to space? Oh, no, you know how Catwoman gets to space? Uh, she seduces an Elon Musk guy and steals his shuttle. Because, <laughs> you know... And Elon Musk guy in the book would be a total fuckboy, you know, unlike in real life. And it would be really easy for her to do it and steal the space shuttle. Exactly. Oh my god, Matt, we just wrote a fucking classic right here. Make it 12 issues, it doesn't have to be too long. <laughs> yeah, Catwoman Universe, exactly. No, Catwoman Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and then you could have like a bunch of other space characters show up like, hello, it's me, Starfire in the Justice League Odyssey. We're here too now for a crossover. <laughs> Remember us? Uh, vaguely. <laughs> no one on Earth remembers us. <laughs> no, no. You, man, that says a lot about them. They disappeared and nobody gave a shit. No. <laughs> also, thank you, Pat Sr., for subscribing. Thank you. For a tier, always appreciate it. You've been supporting all our shows. You supported Capes and Quest on Thursday, and now you're here supporting too. Uh, much, much appreciated. Nice. 
So there. So basically what we're saying is you don't need to read this new Ram V book because we just pitched a way better series <laughs> and you should all give us money and tell people so we can write Catwoman yes. in space. Go, go, go do like what the Snyder Cult did and spam DC with release the Catwoman in space cut. There you go. Wait, is that a cut? Is that we don't we don't know. We don't understand. <laughs> just just confuse the fuck out and say release Catwoman in space. What? That's not a <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, just confuse them and when they ask, point them to our videos. Exactly. That's not a thing. Not yet, but it will be. <laughs> we just need thirty million dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, which you're really getting a bargain for thirty million. <laughs> Actually, no. He said, "We'll do it, but we need the we need the Bendis contract. We need ten grand an issue <laughs> for twelve issues." So there you go. That's what we need. <laughs> we need to be the most highest paid people in comics, only for the highest quality. Who's who's our artist, Matt? Who's drawing this uh, Catwoman in Space series, or do we have a different artist draw every issue? Because you know we're being artistic and making a point, man. Different artist every issue, fitting with where she is in the galaxy. Lovely. So there like Th- Thanagar get- will be drawn by Brian Hitch because he does the Hawkman book. Love it. Then we got to get Nick Darrington in there somewhere because he's yep. just very good. And you know we'll get uh, what is there? We'll get Alex Ross obviously to draw one as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he'll he'll love that. <laughs> he'll he'll draw the finale, of course, because you know you know we, we we really want to put our best foot forward there. You know Mitch Gerards, we'll get him to draw one because mm-hmm. of course Frank Miller will draw one. <laughs> we'll get him out of retirement <laughs> to draw a terrible cat. You know when she goes to the Hell Planet, that's what happens there. Yeah, him him and John Romita Jr. can work together on that. There you go. Oh, I like John Romita Jr. He needs to do the. He he can only draw the violence one. He needs to do one when when the Catwoman. As gets long as into he's given enough fight. time. If this book's weekly, then yeah, no, let's not have him. He that does is, he does action comics is. on a weekly basis, and it's terrible. Who who the fuck else can we get out of retirement? What about the dude who did the Max? We'll get him out of <laughs> retirement to draw this. <laughs> Just. Just get some weird-ass people in there. And Ken Lashley, why? We like Ken Lashley. That's why he's a good guy. I wanted to work with him. He's a good guy. (laughs) We'll just get them all in there, man. Oh, this is good. This is good shit. Again, fan animation community out there, please, please, please fan draw (laughs) this or fan animate this pitch. It's just me and Matt going up to the DC offices and shouting and throwing papers. Eventually, it'll have to happen. Hey, you know, if AT&T is in the business of just giving people their way, maybe they'll just give us our way. Hey, AT&T, get on it. Yeah, we'll just bully them into it. There you go. Now that we know that you'll just give anyone anything, that you'll crack under the smallest amount of pressure. (laughs) Uh, Moving on from there, though, we actually do have a little bit more comic news. And this one is both disappointing but kind of interesting, too. And I figure this will actually fuel a pretty solid conversation. We had mentioned before that there was a number of DC books going digital only. Well, now Marvel seems to be following suit, and they actually have at least four books that are now going to be going digital exclusive moving into the future. And they say that the coronavirus is a big you know, uh, push reason as to why this happened. Although I feel in the back of my mind, I'm like, hmm... I feel like maybe you thought about making these books digital anyway, and now you have an excuse for it. And that feeds into a much bigger question of does every comic need a physical release and would some probably be better served as digital exclusives anyway? Yeah, well, see, I don't I don't know whether it was about them um, 
moving these to digital anyway, I have a feeling that some of these comics were probably going to get cancelled. And yeah, pushing yeah, yeah. them to digital actually saves them money because they don't have to send it off to printers or anything. All the art's just digital. You just upload it into Comixology or wherever it goes. And that's it. Which there's, is how I've yeah, which is how I've always felt. Yeah, there's no no cost in shipping or printing or anything. So they're saving money so they can afford to keep these books going. Yeah, because you know, it's like like a lot of these books are pretty cult. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them have like some really good shit and we're getting solid reviews. Jane Foster, Valkyrie, naturally. Mm-hmm. Being from Jason Aaron and Al Ewing. This was a good ass book and it was getting good reviews. I don't know the sales data on it. I think it probably dropped off after the first arc, as is so often the case, but I thought this book had legs and this concept had legs, and I'm glad that they're not killing it because I think this one could maybe even reach a bigger audience digitally. Absolutely. I know Forceworks is one of the books there as well, uh, which yeah. is quite surprising because I know a lot of people wanted that back. And isn't that technically like just a mini series? Yes, it is. It's a yeah. mini tied into a big event. It was only going to be a few issues. And I'm like, really? You're moving it to digital? Okay. Yeah, so that, that doesn't really make sense. And like, I, I, I get being an artist and being a creator and everything and being like, no, I wrote this comic. I slaved over it. I drew it. I wrote it and everything. I want to be able to go to a shop and pick it up. I want to be able to hold it physically. I want to be able to, you know, hot copies at people who make fun of me <laughs> in a high school and everything. But again, as I have said time and time again, digital doesn't need to be a dirty word. I feel in this industry, digital is kind of this dirty word. Like, mm, you didn't get written on real paper and everything. But no, I, I truly think digital is the way of the future. And, you know, we will see the death of the storefront in our lifetime. So, you know, adopt that model now. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that needs to be accepted because, yeah, it's, it's heading that way. It's absolutely heading. This, this virus is just proving that as well, especially with like yeah. DC with the digital first books coming out every day throughout the last couple of weeks and everything. Which to me, it's like, you know, maybe instead of Walmart comics, they should have been digital anyway. Yeah, they really should have been. Yeah. And again, obviously, you know, the books that are moving to digital are Jane Foster Valkyrie, as we mentioned, Scream Curse of Carnage, which was the spinoff to the uh, Ultimate Carnage or Unlimited Carnage series. Yeah, I guess there was a new Scream and now she's got a book and everything. And again, super niche. I can understand why that one might be I didn't even know that existed. <laughs> I knew about it, but I'm like, they're going to cancel this one before I know it. Apparently, it made it to six issues, so good for them. <laughs> and then, of course, you got uh, The Cosmic Ghost Rider. Again, another super, super niche book that just keeps on kicking. So there's clearly an audience for it, and I guess they're hoping that that audience will follow it to digital. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And again, uh, digital doesn't have to be a dirty word. And uh, I hope these comics thrive, especially that Jane Foster book, because I liked that book. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the numbers after this. I think they, they will thrive because, yeah, as you said, they're kind of reaching a larger audience, people who can't or have no access to a actual comic shop or place that sell comics can get these now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and I hope they're not stingy with sharing the sales data on this one because that's the <laughs> other thing. As we've said time and time again, Diamond Distributor, if you don't buy it in a store who bought it through us, then it doesn't count. Yeah. So that's a hell of a thing. So, uh, yeah, that's basically all your comic news, everyone. 
mm-hmm. uh, for the week. Uh, way more going on than I thought there would be. And hey, uh, we get to do a segment now that we haven't done in forever. <laughs> we actually get to talk about what we read this week. Cause yeah, was- the real Task Force X shut us down for telling secrets. Yeah. They, uh, they, they didn't like this book, and it's anti-corporate uh, uh, mm-hmm. message that it had at the very end. Yeah, Ted Cord shut us but, down. But, uh, yeah, so... Fucking Ted Cord, you did it again! <laughs> and, but, no, Suicide Squad has been great under uh, Tom Taylor, and this book, I think, really uh, solidifies why it's so good and all the cool new directions he has in mind for the book. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just so different from everything and else also, we've read. You know, it's it's different than everything else, and yet it also has like all the same like flavor of like the Ostrander book back in the day. Mm-hmm. I think Taylor more than anyone else has really managed to crack oil on like, oh, this is why people liked this team. This is why this team stood the test of time, and what like every other person who's wrote the book really hasn't done. Yeah, it it has, as you said, it's got like that that edge the um the Ostrander book had. Yes. Also, too, it's really, I think, Taylor at the height of his power as a writer to be like, okay, I'm going to write a team of new characters. I'm going to make you care for every one of them, and then you won't know who I'm going to kill because this is a Suicide Squad book and not everyone is going to make it. <laughs> it's his, his tried and true method. He's, he's done it in like literally every book he's written, and it works so well. He- he, he learned that kung fu in Injustice. He <laughs> furthered that kung fu in DC, so now he is a master of it in Suicide Squad. <laughs> He's the friggin' George R. R. Martin of comic books. <laughs> but yeah, in this story, we learn all about Jog, and Jog gets to be a cool guy, and then bad things happen to Jog. <laughs> yeah, Jog gets horribly maimed and has a puffy monster face now. He certainly does, and man, I I love they do with him stuff that they used to do with the Flash all the time. This idea where it's like, yeah, you know, when you're a speedster, a moment can take a very long time. Yeah, a very long time. I I like that he compared it with the, um, like the life flashing before people's eyes. So like mm-hmm. when you're a speedster, that is like a long ass time, and it literally Absolutely. does because he sees the person with the button that that'll pop his head off, like press the button. Yep. <laughs> This, uh, this book does a good thing, too, where I'm like, okay, so, you know, uh, Deadshot's working with his new teammates, but Harley doesn't know, and, you know, they're trying to get one over this Mr. Locke guy, who we know is just a go-between for the real villain of the series, and I'm like, okay, this is issue five, they're probably gonna drag this out for a couple more arcs, we'll probably get a few more focus pieces on the characters before we're ready to go to that next step. No, this book wastes zero time getting to that next step. Oh, yeah, yeah, they just shoot Locke in the head and kill him, and I, I love how they did it they like cover up the panel with like the little censorship thing the little comic uh, board advisor i'm like that's fucking genius that you got to have a head exploding ultra violence and a funny joke at the same time <laughs> i really hope you keep doing i hope that becomes a running gag yeah yeah because that's really really freaking good uh Harley gets to be the best in here that she's been in a very long time in the main universe, and that is she actually shows a shocking level of humanity stepping on in to try and save Captain Boomerang from getting killed by all the new uh, members of the squad. Because It's because Tom writes her as a character, not as a meme. Yes. Like, a lot of people yes. seem to write her as, like, this is Harley Quinn, people are going to buy the book anyway, I don't need to, like, put my all in in this, I'll just get her to say something wacky, and it'll be funny. 
it's you know we're kind of in a Harley Renaissance right now between this book where she's being written better than she ever has been and the TV show that's on right now where again she has been written as more complex, deeper, and more human than she's been in a very mm-hmm. long time. Yeah, it's it's people have suddenly realized like, hey, we can actually do something really cool with this character if we just give it a little bit of thought. Yeah. Which, again, you know, people always love to compare, you know, Harley's success to Deadpool's success. And I think Harley really was in, like, the same bad old years that Deadpool had, where it's like, yo, I'm Deadpool, wackety schmackety, memeity meme. Yep. And, like, it took a writer like Duggan or someone to come around and be like, no, 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 he's a sad clown. No, 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 there's a reason he's like this. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so they take care of Locke very early on, and we ultimately discover who, who who basically bought Task Force X and why, you know, they've been doing all these seemingly weird non-government-sanctioned missions. And that is that because apparently the government, as they have so many other things, sold off Task Force X to corporate interest, and that corporate interest is being led by friggin' Ted Cord. Yeah, I, I like this new... A newer take on ted cord where he's, he's he's all about the business it seems and, and like again two people are like oh i can't believe they made him a villain i'm like well he hasn't really done anything no. so villainous yet in fact he even warns them he's like okay suicide squad if you killed log you better run now because you're like the government's most or you're like the most wanted now and i'm gonna send my hero friends after you yeah yeah he hasn't really done anything bad it was all locked doing all the bad stuff and he even says like i warned that guy he was kind of out of control i warned him yeah and and he shocked him in the previous issue too he reprimanded him for being a bad guy and i'm sure you know that you know taylor's gonna you know make some big you know uh screed here about how you know the government can't uh, stop selling off parts of itself to private mm-hmm. interest and corporations shouldn't be able to run stuff like the suicide squad hell the government shouldn't even have been able to have a suicide squad yeah exactly yeah it's, it's definitely going in that direction and this kind of like you know whether you're good or bad you know what side you're on it's all like very debatable where it's like yeah the squad are bad guys they're super villains trying to reform themselves and everything and cord is a good guy but he's doing bad things <laughs> with this team and he literally has bombs in their neck and you know it's going to be more complicated like cord's like oh i didn't want to do it they made me do this mm-hmm. i figured if this bad thing was going to happen i could at least try and you know uh, uh point it in a good direction stuff like that yeah it's it's um you know better to be you know have the hand on the wheel sort of thing yeah than- they're not i i can fix this broken system from the inside because mm-hmm. i'm ted cord yeah yeah and a lot of people too were like but wait didn't the last time we see ted core wasn't he like helping jaime reyes with the scarab that was magic to which i brought that book got canceled so quickly and so long ago <laughs> no one remembers that happened <laughs> let alone anyone at dc no one remembers that happened also i'm fairly certain he like like during the infected run, Jaime, like when he was infected with the uh, the Batman who laughs stuff, I'm fairly certain he like fucking cocooned him up in like his own basement, and because he took like the, oh, the Beetle ship, he took the Beetle ship, uh, and I'm fairly uh, certain he did that. So it's like, are they gonna even mention that? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not, because again, Blue Beetle, the Blue Beetle family of characters is in so much discontinuity. Mm-hmm. Which is a crying shame for people who are fans, but there you go. Actually, I I educated someone in one of my videos where I'm like, oh, it's Ted Kord, the second Blue Beetle. And they're like, I thought he was the first Blue Beetle. No, Dan Grant or nah. Dan Garrett before him. Yeah, everyone forgets him. Golden, 
everyone for because he wasn't that popular he's no. one of those characters where they actually got more popular as time went on <laughs> yeah maybe we'll see dan garrett here who knows maybe but yeah suicide squad is great tom taylor is great if you're not reading this run you should totally read it because it's the best the squad has been in a very long time it's very damn cool mm -hmm. uh what did you have matt i had i had the avengers issue 33 I did not read this one yet, but I know it's about Moon Knight. Yeah, Moon Knight. So Moon Knight just like fucks up the Avengers. That's the, that's the whole nice. issue. Like, yeah. So uh, he's gone Avenger from Avenger, starting with Iron Fist, and uh, he he beats them and seemingly takes their powers because after he beats Iron mm -hmm. Fist, he uses the Iron Fist to stop um, Doctor Strange, and then Ooh. takes Doctor Strange's powers in that of the Eye of Agamotto, um, and he's doing also all this um as he says as will of Konshu. Konshu has told him to do right. all of this and there's a giant super moon that's happening which is why he's sort of at his most powerfulest it's the super moon that right, happens right. every one million years um after that he ends up taking the hell charger and taking its oh, power sweet. uh he then and then thor thor comes for him oh before that he goes to wakanda because he thinks he can take black panther's power he thinks black panther actually mm. has like powers and stuff and he tries to use the 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 pendant that he's been using to take all these powers on black panther and it doesn't work and black panther's like you fucking idiot the power's in my blood so if you want to take me you've got to take me you've got to like take me out basically literally i have inside me blood of kings yeah yeah it, literally that um so he can't do anything of that so he ends up going after thor who's come back to earth uh as his donny cates thor um Ooh, has come back to nice earth to, to help um the avengers and moon knight just immediately stomps him he is funny because he he's able to control uru uh, because as he says, Uru was used in the forms of creation. It was the building blocks of creation. Um, and it was technically made from the first moon. So it's technically moon rock mm, and he's able to control it. Clever. So he uses, clever, he clever. uses Mjolnir to like push Thor's shit in and uses the eye of Agamotto <laughs> to summon like all these moons from different universes to crush Thor. So this is the coolest thing Moon Knight has ever yeah. done is what you're saying. Yeah. And it's this even, is, this is going to change. Yeah, go ahead. I said this is going to change all those power ranking videos <laughs> when it's like Moon Knight beats all the Avengers. Yeah, and it's even better as well because when he's doing all this, like each Avenger he fights, he fights as one of his personalities, as Mark Spector, oh. uh, Steve Grant, and there was that other one. What was the other guy's name? Oh, Can't... Mr. Knight. Yeah, he fights him as Mr. Knight. There was also another one. I can't remember who it was, but yeah, he's all got all the different costumes. There's the, there's the millionaire, the mercenary, and the cab driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, all of them are there. And at the end, we find out he's doing this on Conju's will who wants to save the world from the devil. Mm, oh, which we know they've been fighting the devil this whole yeah. time. Mephisto has been the overarching villain of Jason Aaron's Avengers run. So, wow, that's cool. Yes, and, and the only one who could do it is Moon Knight, apparently. I, uh, I know Aaron has been promising this story for a long time and fans have even said like, man, could you imagine if, uh, what is it, Jason Aaron was able to do for Egyptian mythology, what he did for Norse mythology oh, and Thor, wouldn't that be great? Oh, that'd be so cool. 
Yeah, I'm down for that. I'm down for this whole story. This this sounds wicked. Jake Lockley was the other one. That's Thank him. you, That's uh, him. Yep. Kermit Doug. Thank you. We I always forget the third guy. <laughs> But yeah, that uh, that sounds fucking dope and sick as hell, and I can't wait to read that. It was so damn cool. Right on. That's that sounds real good. This whole arc sounds. But I know this Aaron Avengers run has kind of been up and down, but that definitely sounds like something cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else do I have? Uh, ooh, I had a Marauders number ten. We finally got an X Men fix. Remember how into X Men we were before they all yeah, went away? Yeah. How was that? That was one of the books I kind of uh, canceled after a little bit. This, this is fun, and I would say now is the time to catch up on it. They're still trying to solve the murder of Kitty Pride. Uh, okay. What is it? Uh, Sebastian Shaw killed her, mm-hmm. and and uh, they don't know why, and they're still trying to figure out. In fact, they, they basically get all their facts wrong. They're so angry, and they're so ready for revenge. They assume that it was the Russian anti-mutant group that they had been fighting, that mm-hmm. the Hell Club, or the Hellfire Club Jr., had funded so they go after them full force they actually break out a doctor who was friends with uh forge who was uh making like uh those mutant collars that uh mm-hmm. what is it deafen your powers yeah yeah and they're like oh well surely they must have used one of these to kill kitty and they did but it just wasn't these russian guys who did it <laughs> So they're so close to being right, but their anger won't let them see it. Uh, ooh, Bishop has a new red costume now because he is the ooh. red Bishop of the Hellfire Club. Ah, uh, that's cool. It's very fun. Also, we get to see uh, Christian, uh, Emma Frost's brother, and I think her uh, her white Bishop in her set. Because, you know, because they all have ships in the Hellfire mm-hmm. Trading Company. They all yeah. have, like, the Marauder, which is their ship. Well, we see Christian's ship. It's not a sea ship at all. It's a fucking flying saucer. It's a UFO. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And he starts raining hell down on the Russians. And Bishop is like, where the hell did you get a flying saucer? <laughs> it's like, oh, that's a fun story. I'll tell you about it sometime, but not now. <laughs> And uh, then you figure it's like, well, okay, well, they've avenged Kitty. They're going to bring her back to life, right? When she comes back to life, she'll be able to say, yo, Shaw was the one who killed me. He's been trying to betray you this whole time. They can't bring her back. Oh, okay. Like, uh, we see Xavier in the five, and they're like, we've been working all night to try and do it, and it's not working for whatever reason. We we didn't even understand why she couldn't come back to the island originally, and (laughs) now we can't explore, or now we can't even bring her back. I think krakoa is gonna have its first funeral ever oh geez yeah and that's they set up that that's what the next issue is gonna be kitty's funeral oh wow yeah but but the one story thing that they haven't resolved yet is that lockheed the dragon saw it and he's still alive shaw tried to drown him but the dragon survived and now the uh, dragon's trying to make it back oh nice uh yes chat uh what is it his uh christian emma's brother is a mutant I forget what his power is, but he does have a power. Yeah, it's something I, I can't even remember it either. I kind of forgot he she had a brother as well. Because he's not in that many no. stories. It was kind of cool when he was back. Also, I like he's kind of dating Iceman. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of like the thing for the workplace drama. Where it's like, oh, come on, really? The two gay characters start dating each other <laughs> just when they're in close proximity to each other. Maybe they don't like the same music. Did you think about that? <laughs> Maybe they don't get along. <laughs> Maybe he really loves country and Bobby doesn't. Yeah. Maybe he puts ketchup on everything and Christian doesn't. That would be a big problem in a relationship. <laughs> uh, puts ketchup on everything. This isn't going to work out. <laughs> There's so many petty reasons they don't work out. 
But uh, yeah, my my theory is Lockheed is gonna be the one. He's gonna do like that dog thing in movies and point out the bad guy and be like, Shaw did it. Shaw did it. <laughs> He's gonna lead lead Xavier down into the well where where they go drowned. Exactly. And, yep. <laughs> it's it's gonna be that. What's that, Lockheed? You look like you have something to say. Oh wait, I'm psychic. I can just read your mind. Oh, the dragon's telling me fucking Shaw did it, and he's been lying to us this whole time, motherfucker. <laughs> Which that's going to be interesting too, because you know Shaw is on the Quiet Council. How's it's it's like friggin' Dukes of Hazard? How's that Sebastian Shaw going? Get out of this one. Yeah, you know, you know, it would be cool. It'd be cool if like Xavier is completely aware of that, because as we've seen in like other books and through this book, that Kitty is always kind of like she's not fully invested in Krakoa, like yeah, all the, like she's not yeah. full, you know, hardcore into it, and like even she's in that X Men outsider looking in, even that X Men Fantastic Four book, she was kind of like, hey, I know Xavier's like kind of up to some shifty shit, so like do do what you want to do, Franklin. You're your own person. Don't listen to these people. Yeah, yeah. that that tracks and that makes a lot of sense because yeah, she's literally the outsider mm-hmm. looking in. She's not she's not drinking the Krakoa Kool Aid because no. she's not allowed to come ashore. And actually, uh, one person even theorized in my comment section. I'm like, no, that would be too obvious. But now the more I think of it, the more I kind of like it. No, Shaw killed Kitty because Xavier told him to. Yeah, yeah. Again, I could see something like that happening. Be like, she's an aberration. She can't come on the island. You, you got to kill her, Sebastian. Yeah, she's always questioning you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, he stokes the flames yeah. and him like, oh, she... She got to be a queen. Oh, you didn't want there to be a red set. Now there's a red set and everything. And oh, she's taking all this stuff that was meant for your son and meant for everything yeah. else. Oh, that would be something that Xavier's been in Shaw's mind this whole time, pissing him <laughs> off. <laughs> that would be, oh man. And like, it could happen too. Yeah, like, it's very yeah. realistic. Absolutely. And, like, that's the thing where it's like, well, did you actually try to bring, bring Kitty back? Nah, no, nah, we didn't. We were lying about that, <laughs> Yeah. Too. Oh, yeah, well, I could totally do it, but I didn't want to. We've totally been faking this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> or, again, you know, you bring back Moira, and Moira's like, nah, man, there's there's a reason she wasn't allowed on the island. It was because of this, this, and this. Yeah. <laughs> or, again, you know, there's the theory, too, where it's like, was she secretly an inhuman and didn't know about it? Or, like, you know, is she one of the people they retconned their mutinous? It would be interesting. Yeah. And I guess we'll find out. But, uh, yeah, Marauders continues to be great. Love me some Duggan. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, what uh, what did you have, Matt? What else did you have? Uh, I had Justice League issue 45. So I dropped off on that last arc because I wasn't feeling the whole, uh, what is it, uh, uh, the whole super robot thing. Mm-hmm. But now this is a, this is a new arc, yes. Yeah, it started last issue. Right. Okay. What uh, What do we got? Uh, the Spectre. He's fucking with the Justice League. Again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. As As we learn, uh, the the Spectre has just suddenly appeared uh, in front of the League when they went to find Aquaman, and um, he just starts fucking with them and just like turning turns them on each other and twists like their grievances they have with each other uh into making them fight um and as we learn this is the specter sort of unleash unleashing his pent-up vengeance because jim corrigan is sick of the specter shit and doesn't want to be the host (laughs) to the spirit of vengeance anymore so he went to paradise island and willingly let himself get locked into tartarus 
Oh, shit. So he can, so he can't get out, which means the specter can't get out and God can't get to him, but can still contact him. And that's pretty solid. That's a pretty solid plan, actually. Yeah. And, and, and Jim is like talking with God and saying like, look, I've seen so much blood to last like a million lifetimes in the decades I've been the 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 spirit of vengeance's host and i've had enough of it and i want out of this and god's like well you can't really do that but jim's like haha but i have free will do uh do they actually call it god or do they call it the presence uh they they i know batman calls it god Uh, they don't call it the presence Uh, what does jim call it can't remember what jim calls it um but it's definitely not the presence because DC is weird when it comes to the hierarchy of yeah, God yeah. and everything. You know, Marvel has their one above all, and then all their cosmic deities that fucking might as well mm-hmm. be God but aren't. DC has High Father, who is like the Zeus God of the mm-hmm. new gods, but not the Judeo-Christian God. Yeah. And then the Presence, which is sometimes mentioned but not mentioned nearly as much as the one above all is in Marvel. Yeah, yeah, no, well, Batman does mention that it's God with a capital G, um, that's cool um so yeah the the league sort of figure out that the specter here is like it is the specter but it's he's in a trance because of all the bottled up of uh, spirit of vengeance energy like he can't unleash that because jim isn't mm. there and jim is the one who dictates where it gets released and where it doesn't so mm-hmm. he, he um managed to grab the league and sort of try and explain to the league what's happening and that's why they turned on each other because of just the raw unkept energy around him um but yeah so god god's kind of a dick dick here because he's like oh so you won't be my you won't be my host well this is what's going to happen to the earth if you're not there to like dole out you know vengeance and justice and stuff and he shows shows the league and jim like the world just like falling into disarray (laughs) and you know and and just like succumb to all of this raw energy and yeah the the league traveled to themiscara to try and free jim corrigan or at least try and find out what's happening and they get confronted by the amazonians who are really 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 violent and it makes me think Mm. maybe they're under the the influence of this the specter gone rogue sort Probably. of thing because they they immediately surround the league and plan on killing them do you think uh, they might be working up to giving the specter a new host body because he hasn't had a new host in a long time and like that. that used to be the thing i'm thinking that because that's definitely where it's headed because jim doesn't want to be this host anymore unless there is something that happens where it's like look i'm I would if he's going to give it to someone else I might as well be in control of it just because I know how it works and everything and I'll just live with this but yeah I I feel like that's the last five Spectre stories how they've mm-hmm. ended I don't yeah. want this fine I'll do it yeah it would be really cool if they did actually have um, a new new person come in and take up the reins that'd be pretty cool because yeah I mean it's been Hal Jordan it's been Crispus Allen there's been cool places to go with it and yeah as JT Wizzy says if they're on an island of all women let's have a female specter because why not that'd be pretty cool yeah an Amazonian an Amazonian specter yeah hey is, is Artemis doing anything recently <laughs> she's not doing anything right fuck it you got to be the specter why not <laughs> Like, I want to give this new Vendetti Justice League book a chance, especially because I've really been liking his Superman, and I'm mm-hmm. like, whoa, this dude fucking gets it, and he can write a hell of a one-and-done story, can he? Yeah, I think it's because it came after all the stuff Scott Snyder did. Yes. 
and I really, I really, really cannot shake the feeling that this book is just meant to be a holding pattern, and then it whenever is. DC, it is, that absolutely yeah, is. <laughs> whenever death metal is done, or whenever five G comes or doesn't come at this point, who knows? They're just gonna start from scratch anyway with a new writer, and this is just like, hey, Vendetta, you want to play around in this space for a minute? Oh, it it absolutely is that because these are all stories that take place before all that all that um, Scott Snyder stuff. stuff. So yeah, which which does my goddamn head in. And again, God bless Vendetti for trying to put it all together and trying to make all the continuity mm -hmm. from all these different books make sense, even though they make zero sense when you put them together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he's trying. And at least we'll always have Man of Tomorrow, which is really good. It is. It's really damn good. <laughs> it's really good and really refreshing to be like, oh, yeah, this is what a good Superman book yeah. feels like. And it's really refreshing as well that it's Superman fighting like Lex Luthor and like giant uh, robots. Yeah, actual Superman villains. I loved that last two-issue arc he did mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, Superman versus Big Brother and everything. And, you know... uh superman breaking government property to free people from a police state basically only to have luther be like you know haha i turned the daily planet planet into the biggest laser of all <laughs> and then superman having a really great speech of being like ah you see you tried to outmode me so that the people would lose faith in superman but little did you know the people of metropolis inspire me just as much as the other way around yeah. lex and that's why you lose yeah, you played yourself lex <laughs> literally and then dj kali comes in and says you played yourself, you played yourself. <laughs> that's uh that's why we can't have man of steel 2 yet everyone because dj khalid wouldn't take our calls <laughs> but no that uh that last two-parter was fucking great and i i love superman stories like that yeah it's so good yeah uh, I also had, uh, speaking of you know big uh a heroes i also had the new spider-man this week i did as well yeah, 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 yeah. We got some Spider-Man. The the continuation slash finale of the Lifeline Tablet and Gog storyline, which, again, it's been so long I had to remind myself. I'm like, wait, what happened here? Thank God I have old videos to go back and watch. Yeah, it, well, see, the, the thing with this book is it wasn't really a an ending to the, to the Lifeline stuff. It was an ending to the Gog part of it. Yes. Which is really strange because Gog's, like whole deal is kind of intrinsically tied to the to the uh lifeline tablet it seems yes because he's the one who hit it assumedly <clears throat> he knows where the other pieces are and uh, the big takeaway from this is that uh, peter parker finally has a pet now for the first time in his life yeah I, I i love that dialogue at the end where this is the one responsibility he's been avoiding like his entire life it's true and isn't that nice where it's like look how much peter has grown and evolved and matured as a person he can finally take care of a pet now he can mm -hmm. finally you know uh take that next step yeah well it, it and it helps as well it's not like a traditional pet it's a weird alien monster with pim particles uh, in its stomach <laughs> oh yeah and it's a nice bit of bringing it full circle too where it's like <clears throat> gog had a family mm -hmm. had an owner much like peter then lost it and then, you know, his life went to hell and Peter never really gave him uh, the time of day or anything. And, you know, they constantly clash. But now Peter has brought Gog into his home, made mm -hmm. amends, and now they kind of have a family in each other. And I'm like, that's very sweet. It's very good. It's very sweet and very nice, and I like that. And also, too, kind of brings his relationship with Boomerang further along, too. It's like, yeah, yeah. we're roommates and we got a pet together. Yeah, yeah, it really did. 
man, I can't wait for people to start being like, hey, Peter and Fred gay, they got a pet together. That's that's something that hetero roommates don't do. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the next arc, Spider-Man versus the gay panic. <laughs> See, a new villain shows up and he's called Gay Panic. <laughs> and yeah, he well, has people... Well, well, I think like the next arc, at least going off the cover, and I never really want to do this because covers always lie, but it looks like they're going Boy, into the Kindred stories. Yes, because, uh, what is it, Kindred brought, uh, what is it, Stanley Carter, the Sin Eater, back to life, which technically is like the second time in the last couple of years he's been brought back <laughs> to life, because Noel did it too. Yeah, yeah. Apparently fucking Stanley Carter's got just a goddamn revolving door in hell, he can keep <laughs> coming back. But yeah, that seems to be the next story. And yeah, we're going to get back to the Kindred <clears> stuff, which I love some people are like the most wrapped up in. Like, where are we going to get to the Kindred stuff? When are we going to go there? I'm like, guys, guys, Nick Spencer knows you care about it. That's the carrot on the stick so he can tell weird, funny buddy cop stories with Peter and Boomerang. And he can do like heart string pulling stuff with Gog, weird characters from the 70s and everything. Makes makes when he takes all of that stuff away that much hurtful. <laughs> exactly and you know he will that's the thing where it's like yeah peter has a pet now that means he's mature you know it's another bit of mature real life shit when you uh have a pet having to deal with the death of that pet yeah <laughs> that's gonna be a sad issue <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the next one looks to be a uh, sin eater base and of course whenever the sin eater comes back people are quick to say no well what about gene dewolf what about if kindred is gene dewolf yeah yeah which I think that's a little obvious because people have been saying that from the get-go and every time there's a new mass Spider-Man foe, people always think that. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's way too obvious. So, yeah, it, there, it could be literally anyone. We I think we've, like, exhausted the list of, like, who yeah. it could be. I keep thinking George Stacy. I still very much like George Stacy. Kind of makes sense. Yeah, because, again kind of talks like a jilted lover kindred does which would lead you to think that you know they might be a woman but wouldn't it be just as interesting and sound just the same as if ooh, i'm not mad at you you know because you spurned me i'm mad because you spurned my daughter and it could also be someone like like uh harry osborne yeah again i think that's another one in the obvious yeah. category but then again you also get like little nuggets too where it's like kingpin recognized their voice yeah so it would have to be someone that Wilson Fisk knew to mm -hmm. recognize their voice. Someone said Kindred is a group. Yeah, I like that we do the murder on the Orient Express hot fuzz thing. Kindred's not one person. It's many people. Yeah. We are we are all kindred to each other because we are all we've all been hurt by Spider-Man. Yeah, it, it, but again, that's too on the nose because that that makes too much sense because of the name. It does. And then it's like, but why, why the centipede, right? Why the centipede? Yeah. Why the weird blue monster face? Why, why all that other stuff? Yeah. Also, Harry's alive, or at least this Harry's alive. I know some people have said like, oh, it's Harry, but it's the Harry who died before one more day. Okay. So now we're getting into like afterlife shit and mm. retcon shit. And I'm like, <laughs> that's too much. It's too much. Yeah, it's not going to happen. I, I liked my theory that it's actually Mary Jane. She developed a split personality mm. over these years and doesn't remember when she becomes kindred. And the fact that she went away to take that role, that was actually just cover. And the fact that we're doing a mini series about Mary Jane is also extra cover because she's actually just being kindred in between everything else. Oh, that, that, that'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty That's, cool. Because again, we had that moment there 
uh, in Hunted when she's like, oh, I'm all alone. And, you know, oh, there's this, you know, mouse here because, uh, you know, that's a callback to Craven's last hunt. And, oh, it's like uh, everywhere I go, it's like Kindred is watching me. And I'm like, no, he's not watching you because you are Kindred. <laughs> you just didn't know it. That's a weird split personality you develop. Yeah, Kindred is technically watching you from the inside. <laughs> exactly there you go then again it's like do you think nick spencer would want to invite that on himself especially after what happened uh, with captain america and you know oh. uh secret empire to be like hey i brought peter and mary jane back together then i made mary jane a villain <laughs> well you know like spider-man fans they already hate everything that's happened in any way so fucking Fair. go for it swing for the fucking walls <laughs> swing indeed man you know we, we got to make a master list one day of fans who love everything and hate everything simultaneously spider-man fans star wars fans kiss fans <laughs> or, or some other fans we can put on that list who so love everything sonic fans everything. though yeah there you go gotta get the sonic fans on there that's a good one yeah 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 i well, like that just in general nintendo fans <laughs> nintendo yeah fair enough yeah there's a lot of that and again i can count myself in that list too because we, we we own switches now so we can officially say that a couple months ago we couldn't say that but now we can say it oh man i haven't checked my animal crossing town in forever there's probably so many weeds and spiders now no one's no one's fed anybody uh-oh i was really into that but apparently it didn't stick with me as much as i thought no it didn't stick with me either i moved on yeah. i'm in assassin's I creed now yeah, exactly. We're on the Creed train now. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> Batman fans. Yeah, you could put some Batman fans in there. Yeah, there's definitely some Star Trek fans. Power Rangers fans. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Who love everything and hate everything simultaneously. That's fair. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, what else did you have, Matt, now that we uh, we talked about the Spider-Man? Uh, let's have a look at my list here. I, oh. I had one more. I had Venom and that's it. Well, tell us about Venom. So Venom is really interesting in that Venom 25 was like an extra length issue. And I wonder if it was always meant to be an extra length issue or if Donny Cates just decided. Because like the first five or so pages is just Eddie literally reminding you what happened in the last 24 issues. <laughs> and in his life up until that point. Yep. And I'm, and I'm like, that's good. I actually needed this, Donny Cates. Thank you. <laughs> And he keeps coming back to this interesting idea of like, am I a good guy? Am I a good person? Do I even deserve to be called a hero? And I'm like, ooh, ooh, this is why I like Donny Cates' writing and especially his writing of Eddie Brock. Because I never liked Eddie Brock before, but now Eddie Brock is being like really soul searching and like really self-critical of himself yeah. in a way that he's never been before. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. And eventually we find out that he's actually been talking to the Avengers the whole time when he's asking these questions of, am I a good person? Am I a hero? Oh, that's cool. It is. Uh, also, too, they uh, they settled the arm thing because, like, to stop Carnage, Eddie cut off his own arm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, too much damage. He couldn't get it repaired. So now the symbiote just, like, lives on his stump as, like, a symbiote arm. <laughs> a puppet. <laughs> As basically a he's basically becoming Solid Snake. He's got the beard. He's got the arm. All he needs is an eye patch now, <laughs> and he'll freaking be there. But uh, yeah, he, he he tells this story, uh, basically about how him and his son Dylan defeated Carnage and saved his body, and it's all very cool. And it all comes back to this idea that I guess was a theme that Cates has been building in the background that I didn't even really know about. And it's this idea that Eddie says, you know, on my own, I'm weak on my own. I make bad decisions, but you know, we're, we're stronger together is the thing. And, you mm -hmm. know, by 
basically joining with his son, who is basically symbiote Jesus. <laughs> They're able to defeat Carnage and Null, and then, you know, the son is honest with uh, Eddie about how, like, oh, yeah, I've been having these dreams about Null, and I can, like, basically control symbiotes from afar. That's pretty fucking crazy. <laughs> And Eddie's like, gee, son, thanks for being honest. I'm going to be honest with the Avengers now and be like, hey, I lied before when I said it was all over. No, Null is totally coming. He's going to kill us all. <laughs> so, you know, we should probably be ready for that. And then we kind of get like a future flash of like, oh, here's Null in his true form. And here's like, you know, uh, some other cosmic characters we forgot about. And uh, also here's this new virus character that's coming. Oh, yes, virus virus which in any other series i'd be like that's fucking stupid but this is donny case and i'm like that's fucking cool that's fucking cool yeah <laughs> virus who is not a symbiote he's a man in like a symbiote robot suit yeah so he's like a virus to symbiotes i don't know what that means but i'm excited to find out what that means awesome that's like uh what is it james tiny with batman and here's my new character clown hunter what's clown hunter about <laughs> you'll find out yeah, well it's all in the name <laughs> Yeah, really. It's, it's what's written on the tin right there. <laughs> yeah, you're right, JT Wizzy. He's the standing on the edge creator where it's like, look, this would be dumb in anyone else's hands, but trust well, me. Well, no, he, he as uh, I, I can't remember who it was in the chat said last week. Yeah, uh, he uses edge as a seasoning, not a base. Yes, there's good ed and edge and bad edge, and he's definitely got the good edge. Yeah. But yeah, so that's everything I read this week, and uh, all in all, pretty good week. Nice, nice. Um, last issue I had was Flash issue 754. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The Flash and Reverse Flash have to team up. Yeah, so yeah, they team up to take down Paradox, who's going through uh, the timeline, killing Flash at all his greatest victories. So you see oh. uh, stuff like Flash of Two Worlds. Um, uh, what was it? I think Final Crisis is in there. Um, there you go. Like all the, there, all, sure. the, all these all these really cool uh victories and uh paradox just appears and like kills the flash and leaves takes his energy and leaves and mm -hmm. um what he's finding out is that no matter how many times he kills the flash the flash is still loved and still has a legacy and um godspeed is sure to like hit that home and say <laughs> that and um it makes the villain realize that like, oh, he's been going about all of this wrong. He needs to go back to his own time um, to, to sort this out. So he ends up going back to just before he became Paradox when he was just a normal human man named Chris with a family. And that <laughs> just happens to also be the same place Flash and Reverse Flash go because uh, uh. Eobard wants to use his lightning rod, which uh, harnesses... The like pure un untapped uh speed force as a weapon um right. to trap paradox which is what he did the first time when he trapped him um he wants to do that again and the best place to do that is when he's not paradox so they'll have to go back and kill this man chris but flash oh, doesn't so want we're to... a full terminator now <laughs> yeah flash doesn't want to do that because that means obviously killing what is essentially an innocent man he doesn't know he's going to be paradox yet he uh, um, so it's it's the it's the baby hitler conundrum too which yeah. you go back in time and kill baby hitler <laughs> yeah um flash doesn't want to do that so they end up fighting over like if they should do that but paradox comes and ends up killing his human self oh. um and in doing so he unleashes more crisis energy than ever has been released before and essentially wipes out reality 
paradox is literally a paradox now. yeah 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 um so yeah he ends up wiping out reality and it's it's a very similar reality wipe to like what dr manhattan was doing to like flashpoint oh. all the buildings are like sort of disappearing into like a blue sort of like phase and everything and yeah flash and 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 um reverse flash uh have to kill him now apparently that sounds epic and amazing and yeah. like something i'm missing out on yeah you gotta get, gotta get into it gotta get into it Cause, uh, especially because joshua I, I williamson's run is ending very soon to think he's like the only uh, dc rebirth creator who made it all the way yeah yeah good for him man he deserves it if, yeah. if i could make him a little trophy and send it to him i would <laughs> you made it there you go <laughs> Thank you, Josh. You made it. <laughs> yeah, the, the, those Flash books have been good. The Flash digital books have been good as well. Yes, they have. I, I'm like two behind now, but I was really enjoying what Gail Simone was doing with the uh, the Flash Speed Force City of the Future. Did you did you read the one after that? I didn't. I have it on my oh, pile. But You're going to love it. Jonah Hex is yeah. in it. I breezed through yeah. it. Yeah, I'm like, there you go. Because you don't do a time travel story and you don't have Jonah Hex <laughs> and Shining Knight and all these other heroes show up. Yep. Oh, that's good shit. Why, why, why have they not done like an Exiles but for DC where it's just time displaced heroes so you could have Jonah Hex and Sergeant Rock and Shining Knight and like all these other heroes on a team? I don't know. The Blackhawks. Let's add that to the Catwoman in Space uh, pitch. We'll add that. I like it. Yeah, she she goes to a planet and it's like a it's like a war world gladiator style setup where they've just stolen heroes from uh, history to fight each other. Yeah, and then they spins off into their own book. Yeah, she, Catwoman goes there because she wants to steal the time machine. Yeah, and you naturally. can call, you can call the book the Frontiersman. Ooh, I like it. I like it a lot. There you go. I love it. There's the book, everyone. Pay us M- yeah. money now. Go abuse DC stuff. <laughs> until they make our time displaced <laughs> exiles but man that pitch would be shut down super quick it's like yeah we want to do exiles but for the dc universe and you know use time instead of dimensions oh that's so nice yeah you know that exiles book got canceled there yeah well, oh th- this is that's after before people will be going like what the fuck is exiles <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, what the fuck is exiles? <laughs> no but it was very popular twice no it was very popular amongst comic fans <laughs> as an idea not here no 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 <laughs> no baby no shush 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 <laughs> you know it's funny if you did like a time displaced team too you could have Superboy clark kent on that team the thing is he's just learning his power so he doesn't know what to do yet yeah you could have a lot of interesting, like, younger versions. Uh, have a Vandal Savage in there, but he's, like, just Conan the Barbarian Vandal Savage. Yeah. He's not a full villain yet. Or he's a dumbass caveman still. Yeah, or, he he's like, like, or he's, like, the like the Gun- Genghis Khan version. Ooh, that's fun, too, because who doesn't want to have Genghis Khan on a team? Yeah. There's a lot of fun time-displaced heroes you can put on that team. Obviously, you'd have to grab someone from the JSA, too, because why not? <laughs> yeah, but grab someone, like... Grab Sandman. Yeah, there you go. The wood gas mask and the gun. Yeah, oh man, that's a fucking team. Oh my god, Matt, <laughs> we are writing such a good pitch. And then like you could have the first villain naturally be Kronos, because no one uses Kronos yeah. anymore, and if you're doing a time travel book, he should be the villain. Yep. 
There you go. And you can grab like other villains from other points in history, like when they were big. Like, mm -hmm. okay, Bane is the villain in this, but it's Nightfall Bane. It's like Bane <laughs> at the height of his power. It's like Bane who, like, when you draw him, he takes up a whole panel exactly and like that would be the joke like you draw them like how they used to be drawn like yeah. batman shows up in this book but he's got like the big ass like shoulder thing yeah oh my like... god this sounds like the best book mark russell's and joe quino's never wrote uh for real man get on that guys <laughs> <laughs> this this one's free man oh yeah tell us we'll have to do something oh with yeah, the, the greatest character ever tell us like like, even if it's just a throwaway joke, put Telos in there. It's like, and I am Telos. I do the, the, the waves of time. And they get the fuck out. He's like the villain that, like, all these other villains have been working for. But the team get to him and they're really like, this guy, really? They, like, beat him in one panel and the book's over in two pages. This guy sucks. Ooh, the chat had a good one. We got to have someone from the 60s. You're right. Either we bring back the geek, a.k.a. Brother Power, <laughs> who I who I think showed up a few times in some Alan Moore shit, so it wouldn't be that weird a thing. Or we literally get the 1960s version of Prez. I was just thinking that. President. I was just thinking yeah. that. And what's his role on the team? Oh, he's really smart. He's like a kid sidekick, but he's also president, and he also helps out. Yeah, he's like the guy in the chair, you know? <laughs> Oh my God! This this book this, this book wouldn't last six issues. No. It would only be for us. But boy, but, would it be good! And everyone would love it. Everyone who read it, all four people who read it, would love it. Would be like this is a fucking masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Telos drives the time van. Yeah, I like that. He's a goddamn <laughs> bus driver of time. <laughs> hey everyone, get in the van. We're gonna save the time stream. <laughs> And then you eventually have it cross over with Legends of Tomorrow, the show. You just have those characters show up in this series. <laughs> and they just kind of look at each other like, man, there but for the grace go I, am I right? Yeah, and they make a, f make, make a crack about, like, they've suddenly become comic book characters. They're like, they're drawn. Yeah, they're, really. they're not real. <laughs> Heroes who travel through time fixing problems pff, never catch on. <laughs> like they're just super dismissive yeah. of one another <laughs> oh man that's good shit and uh on that note i don't think we're gonna top that everyone that's uh that's been the show <laughs> for this week and we actually did a full hour 30 which i don't think we have in like two months yeah it's gonna be fun cutting this up because because of how switch twitch works it'll like have it in like three different videos yeah, so if uh, this show that you're listening to right now ends up being late either on Patreon, where you can listen to it first for as little as a dollar a month, or uh, on Wednesday at 8 a.m. on YouTube, uh, we apologize for that. Know that Matt is trying his best to put this all together <laughs> yeah. for you. Yeah, I have no idea what was wrong. It was all working. Like, chat was coming in for me, but yeah, apparently it was frozen. So, yeah. Weird, 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 weird. But uh, yeah, thank you everyone for joining us on this Sunday night. We're glad we could offer you a little little respite from the real world, a little opportunity to turn your brain off and be entertained by our <laughs> dancing and our shenanigans and everything. Uh, so, you know, be a, be sure to plug back on into reality and check Twitter uh, when you're done and be like, oh no, I should do something. Yeah, and if you are in any of those places, remember to stay safe. Yeah, stay safe, stay strong. We believe in you. We love you here at the Comic <laughs> Multiverse. Just know that. And uh, yeah, thank you, uh, everyone. Matt and I will be back again next week. Same Comic Multiverse time, same Comic Multiverse place. So yeah. See ya. Bye-bye. <laughs>